Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. Today we are revisiting a panel talk that we hosted together with Polestar in Helsinki a few weeks ago. We were invited to co-host Polestar Talks Design, bringing together some of the leading voices in the Finnish design community. What is the role of the designer? What challenges and opportunities are the design community facing today? And what responsibility does the designer have in solving our most pressing issues? These were some of the questions that we tried to answer in a series of conversations. And today we're going to listen to the second panel, which included Tomek Regalik, founder of Studio Regalik and Design Nature, who's also a professor at the Aalto University Architecture Department and Petri Masalin, Chief Design Officer at Fiskars Group. Together, Tomek and Petri discussed the importance of values in design, what responsibilities they have as designers with regards to sustainability, and their advice to young designers entering the business. I had a great time hosting these talks, and now I bring you Tomek Rigalek and Petri Masalin. Enjoy. Tomek, I will start with you. you. You're wearing a couple of few, a few hats here. We're going to try to uh, figure out them all. Uh, I'll wait with the professor hat for now. But when you describe how you work with your studio and, and this new project, Design Nature, you mentioned three pillars, which I thought was very interesting to your process. Can you describe those for us? Maybe before I answer straight on, I will just give background how we arrive with that sure. basically we realize as humanity where we got the planet to, to, to put, push the planet to the corner really um, you know um, off and on I had these moral dilemmas about the industrial design work that I was doing over the years starting in the states in a consultancy world doing consumer goods and then um, this moral dilemma has been kind of growing within me that you know maybe I should redirect my interest and passion even though I was so keen into making and and I was thinking what are the actual avenues or yeah ways to um, to actually impact society directly in a most effective way as a designer and and these three paths have you know over years have evolved into methodologies that, that we used as a studio first with my partner Gosia, who I run the studio with, and then later on as we dis- decided to establish this uh, new mm, concept which is called design nature, these became kind of the pillars. And they are education, because I, we believe you know, that through um, impacting the new generation of designers is the best way to actually change the, the world because these are the people who will be actually creating the world of the future. We grew up um, learning um, you know, about design from people who have started it yet another like 30, 40 years earlier. So, and that was a different environment, a different consciousness, different awareness of the impact of design on the Society, on the humanity and the planet. So this is very key to, to really uh, talk to the new generations, hear them out, but also 
um, learn together. Um, so education is one of the, that, these pillars, and we do a lot of workshops. We do a lot of uh, workshops with our also clients to educate each other and, and, and also students often involved in that to, to create kind of a think tank of, of new ways of thinking as we have to really rediscover, reconnect the dots, really. I mean, this is the time where we need to really think of a radical change in the way we operate from the linear, you know, take, make, waste uh, um, approach to, to, to the circular and so on. So this is, this is one. Another one is innovation. So this is obviously what designers do through the creative projects. Um, we can, but we can go a little bit deeper into more kind of R&D, material-based developments, not just working on style, styling or, or you know, the, the, the visual aspects, but we can go deeper thinking about how things are uh, sourced, built, you know, find new opportunities, exciting ones, really thrilling, and also um, ones that put the flag in new places, you know, like create new opportunities, new possibilities. So this innovation for design is, of course, what, what most designers strive to do these days. And I think this is uh, a really true way to impact it in a re real sense. Um, and. Uh, the third one is maybe not that obvious. Um, we call it good life. <laughs> uh, basically, somehow um, we can talk the talk. You know, we, it almost sounds already like greenwashing what I said a moment ago. You know, we have to be somehow true to ourselves and really authentic in what we do. And the only way to do it is really to, to, to live the life, the lifestyle that we want to pr create and promote. And this is why we do try to live uh, or, or practice what we preach you know, in another world and, and kind of uh, impact aspects of togetherness, food, yoga, you know, well-being, uh, integrate this into the process. And somehow um, it becomes different. It's like the environments of design today, just to finish off, have emerged from this industrial revolution paradigm. They look they are environments that have been created to create products based on the old values. To promote and create new world with new values, we need also new environments, new situations. And this good life helps us to build it in a new way, kind of open platform where, where projects emerge in a different kind of way than you know, the client comes to the consultancy studio and. Um, you know, and there is a briefing session and all that. It, it can happen through a different kind of relationship between the people. And this is what we are testing now. These three paths kind of start to mix and mingle together. So education, innovation, and good life. <laughs> oh, no. I, I wanted to come work for you when I heard <laughs> this. Uh, we're going so, to get back to... Sounds very idealistic, <laughs> but yeah. We're going to get back to that approach, but I want to let in Petri uh, on this. And... Um, before we talk about sustainability, I wanted to talk a little bit about the role of, of the design uh, at, at Fiskars. And I thought your new title, which arrived yesterday from my understanding, is kind of uh, symptomatic of this, or t tells a lot. So can you talk about uh, the, the role of the designer at, at Fiskars? I don't know. 
many know me, yeah, that I'm kind of, kind of small monkey in, in a company nowadays that, that, that <laughs> jumping left and right. So that, that saying that the fiscal design is, is, is not talk about design inside the team, because you know, almost everybody is kind of hybrid people. There's a lots of, uh, in my team, who is about two engineer and industrial designers. But, but the whole design philosophy is that, that you need to see and learn. That, that you need to find almost every day or every week something new problems. And it's interesting to see that, that everybody who is living that life, and by the way, that whole team is working already many, many years, is, is kind of almost every Monday is kind of new opportunity to doing something new. And it's linking to material or, or something what happened on weekends how the designers see in, a, in a, what happened at home or stores are different things. But also, also that kind of whole heritage, what is Fiskas is the second oldest company in Europe, 375 years. You need also to learn almost every day what Fiskas done already in this almost 400 years. And you learn different things and you laughing at, hey, come on, this same stuff what Fiskas do 100 years ago coming back today. Same trendies, same material, same philosophy, and how the people living. So, almost 400 years of history. Uh, uh, talk about a sustainable brand. Uh, but when it comes to sustainability, specifically in your in your products and your way of working, can you uh, mention some of the projects you've done and you, and what's the approach right now at Fiskars? No, this is almost this every time that that the, that whole team. Starting that, that doing this kind of economic design. What economic mean, design mean? This mean more that kind of this need to stay in 60 or 80 years in a market, maybe. Or it's not going to stay in market, but it's stay in your home. This is going to your mom, this is going to your dad, this is going to your son, and different things. And, and that is kind of talk about more lasting design. It's no waste. Uh, people fixing this, people gluing this, people doing different things, and, and want that to stay in your, or your home. But of course, the fiscal starting already five years ago to study different new materials, and, and um, that is long bad because fiscal uh, is known to plastic and metal how to mix it together and, and to go to the next level. It's taking lots of uh, new study, studying the material and, and to understand different materials how to work. To say that in a garden product in outside is very difficult to do in only wood handle because it's staying in life about five years. And, and that's why this is one good sample is... is oh, you brought yeah, samples. These scissors, but this waste, 100% waste. This uh, cellulose waste and, and your sausage plastic in your home and stealing waste in Vilnius factory and doing the running. And, and the color, what I'm saying, is coming real colors. There's no pigment here. That is exactly that raw material color. And it's the best one because that color comes into nature. And, um, and the saying that, that kind of ecological feeling, how does it thing go? The whole design coming in bird, material coming to forest, and metal is to waste different things. It's matching, in my mind, very well to heaven. And I already tell you the little bit story. And early here, it's a huge problem with the factory in that time because here's a lots of pigments. That pigment is cellulose in here. And that factory director called me. At I don't know what to do in because here's mistakes. I'm saying, perfect. I want more mistakes. Because, because that is also what the people see these mistakes and understand better that this hey, is coming somewhere else. It's not kind of nature material, but it's feeling for you to better. And it's honest, and it's coming honest story. 
By the way, I know exactly where the Forest Cellulus come in, that come in Kuopio. I'm allowed to say that guy name who, who, who cut the tree down and go to the system. But that is the interesting story that you learn and learn and learn every day something new. But how has your role changed? Because we're talking about now is yeah. the interaction between sourcing materials, production, and the designer. So what, what responsibility does the designer have in, 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 in all of this? this I do in everything. Uh, I do in sketches every day, I'm doing prototypes every day. I need to sell in new ideas inside in the company. Uh, drinking, of course, coffee and talk about a little bit bad talking work. I see customers and, 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 and try to sell in that in outside that philosophy, what this Fiskas is and where it is coming. Because in every product, uh, what Fiskas design is some kind of story. It's not kind of fake. It's, it's coming some real problems. And that is basically my role. Maybe, let's see, because I don't really know, because it's one day, that new role, where does that go? But I know that this code, Fiskas want to lift that design a higher position uh, in, you know, in the company. At that, hey, that is really important thing. And it's not, gonna, it's not only kind of nice catches and lots of red wine. So, Tomek, I want to go back to you, you and zone in on the second part of what you just talked about, innovation. And, and you also do a, a quite a lot of work with, with um, uh, the R&D focused specifically on sustainability. Can you talk about some projects or, or maybe broadly about your, your perspective on that? Absolutely. Well, the design nature has become um, initially a kind of a research center and, and, and because it's beautifully situated in this um, rural uh, environment with a lot of nature. In uh, Poland, right? Yes, yeah. it's, it's in central Poland. It, it has become also a place for these um, workshops, retreats, summer schools and, and, and a lot of other activities. So, but the heart of it is the R&D facility, which is well equipped to, to do a lot of studies, prototyping, but also a lot of testing. And uh, it's state of the art. We call it uh, kind of NASA uh, for a joke because you know we have not expected to uh, actually go that far when it comes to technology. Because as a designer, I never needed this kind of uh, tools at my hands. But we thought took it seriously, just to to you know take seriously what we preach. You know, and and um, there's a variety of work that we do there. I mean, maybe I will bounce off uh, what you just said about the, the plastic, which, uh, you know, we, we have a project which actually is about um, taking um, what, what is called ghost nets. So these are the fishermen nets from Baltic Sea from the, that are left there by the fishermen because it doesn't it's not economical to pull them out anymore. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, and and we, we actually work with this foundation in North Poland on the Baltic Sea coast um, that um, has, works with the fishermen to actually extract them from the bottom of the sea. Mm. Of course, saving the fauna and flora, of, of, but also at the same time is a great resource which we turn into this uh, board material uh, in our facility. And then out of it, we create some street furniture. And um, this is actually quite uh, direct, uh, kind of a cleaning up the world approach, you know, working with waste. But we go more on the um, in-depth kind of um, processes and production 
level uh, innovation, for example, working with the sawdust um, of um, woodworking facilities and also creating new, new materials and new product possibilities because our research is, as we are from the design background, you know, it's usually, and that's the strength of design as well, I have to say, that it's very much about realizing um, in the real world the real solutions. So it's very easy to um, use design as a way to show the way <laughs> because a lot of the innovation that happens on the production level actually it's quite minute and invisible. And it's actually not so sexy, to be honest, and it's something that kind of goes beyond, behind the radar, you know? And, and um, I think design has this power also uh, by doing except, exceptional work like this, you know, to actually bring this, these issues to the awareness of the wider audience, you know, and, and actually having this conversation about imperfection or colors of nature and actually reconnecting people to, to the imperfect world that we uh, live in. So, so this, uh, mm, a lot of the work is product-based um, innovation. It's, it's, uh, it, it's about, some projects are like four-year four year schemes or three-year schemes that are going through this R&D methodology of arriving with the new innovation in material or process, but then always, every time, it's about applying it into some real-world uh, solution. And speaking of conversations, you have to have conversations with your clients as well. Can you speak at all to how susceptible your clients who wants a piece of furniture or whatever it is to these new types of practices or this approach to sustainability? Mm, it's, it's a good question because um, it, it varies. I mean, it's, it, there is some um, clients that, we've, that came to us to have uh, new designs uh, designed for their um, offer or their collection, and uh, then somehow these projects build up into a, a, a deeper relationship and longer spend projects that going into research and development. Um, in some cases, uh, because we are new uh, to the R&D um, world, so, um, but there are some clients already that have come to us because of the unique combination of, of this product design um, mindset and the R&D facility that is, can go deeper with, with the research in materials and, and Longevity, which you mentioned, which is key, you know, to one thing is to close the, the biological or technological cycle, but another is to make that cycle as big as possible, you know, and extend the longevity of the product. So we do a lot of, um, for example, um, uh, life, product life testing, um, a lot of um, accelerating aging processes and, and so on, a lot of... Uh, laboratory work, um, and that's new new uh, field for us. So, so there is new clients who want that, and then we show them that we can also maybe uh, take it farther towards a more uh, tangible product level as well. Unfortunately, we're running out of time here. Once again, because I could, you know, I barely touched the, 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 <laughs> the tip of my list of questions here. Uh, I want to end with, with the same uh, questions that I did in the last session, talk about the new generation of designers that are coming out. Uh, Petri, I'm sure you interview new designers, looking for new talent uh, all the time. 
what are you looking for and is there a specific uh, approach or, or values to, that you are searching for in, in new talent, new designers? Of course, I, I, I try to find, and I know here is, is new talents uh, who start starting this year. And, and of course, I try to find, but I, I found, try to find also a person who's fitting that, that team. Um, I'm many times saying, I may be saying wrong now, at the same time that you're a little bit not so talented, but you come into talent, and it's, it's lots of people who is talent, <laughs> and people grow. I understand that the youngsters or, or, or olders coming in that Fiskars team is taking a couple of years, and you understand that home point. Uh, yes, I tried also to find a more, more outside in Finland. I already work in many, many other countries, designers, but it's difficult, uh, of course, to find these persons uh, in different places. But it's interesting how the youngsters see life in a little bit different way, how I see nowadays. And that is the fantastic for me, because I'm already an older guy. I learn so much in a new lifestyle and new thoughts. And, and um, many times I'm very wrong. Normally I'm not saying ever that I'm wrong, but now I say many times I'm wrong and, and learn and taking that with me and, and, and try to do something new. Right. And Tomic, briefly now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what do, you, what do you say to your students, the, the, the students that's coming in, and, and when they leave to work you know, in, in design agencies or big companies like Fiskars, what's your recommendation? What do you, what's your send-off as a professor? Big question. I will try to make it short. Well, one thing is just to do um, less but better things for longer, you know, which we already touched upon, so this is quite straightforward. Um, um, and be, yeah, so kind of that, that, that's one, one, one message. Uh, sometimes it's also about um, thinking not just how, which a lot of design students are so much about, they want to learn how, but ask other questions, deeper questions like what and why, you know, because uh, then, you be, then, then you become a partner in, in, in a conversation of actual values. Um, it's not enough to know how to do it. We need to know what makes sense to do and also why. So, so, and so this is maybe in a nutshell what I would uh, leave the students with. Tomek Regalik, Petri Masarin, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olsen. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.